Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Rage! I see. We still exist! It feels like a lot longer than two weeks that we've been away. Cray cray. Now, by the way, for those who will inevitably write the snarky emails, Paul, what are you going to do? One week me, one week you. <laughs> yeah. All right? We did share the responsibility. It's a long time ago, but you did go off the first week because you had a wedding. Yes, finally the Hamilton Island uh, wedding took place. I was the best man. Very exciting. It was our first holiday with Asher, so the whole thing of holidaying with kid. Um, did she pee in the pool? No, no, no. but geez, I, I got the shits. With the amount of stuff we had to take, like it is ludicrous. To give you an idea, the only thing I have in common with George Clooney is, you know that character he played in Up in the Air, the one who packs light, never puts anything underneath? Right, yes. I'm that guy, right? Okay, for four days, including a day where I had to wear suit, shoes and everything else, six kilos. That's it. Me, done. And that had everything. Nothing missing, didn't miss a damn beat. Asher? On the other hand, Asher had half of the big family luggage thing, which I didn't have anything in. Plus, we had three or four of those sort of, you know, Woolies bags that we had to take because you have to take her food and you have to take the extra bits and you... Kill me, seriously. Have you gotten to the stage yet where you're packing the red, white and blue bags? You know, those ones (laughs) that... It's kind of like the sort of no man's land bag where you've got... I don't know what it is about that. I can't work out what the decision to buy that because it's not technically luggage. It's really like a glorified shopping bag. Well, also, to me, it's... Yeah, it's giant dirty laundry bag or, you know, (laughs) donate to charity bag. There is no functional purpose for it. But we used to think that about activewear, but people now just... (laughs) True. That's all over the show. You shops. know that is my where de jour. Including, did you see the story uh, during our little hiatus? Mm. Uh, half your fault, half mine. Was <laughs> <laughs> was there was a woman who turned up to court in active wear? Truly, seriously, she was she was, was up. It Lorna Jane, wasn't she? No, she wasn't. She had a sixty minutes interview. That's yeah. what happened. <laughs> Well, I think she was wearing the Lorna Jane duds. Yeah, right. But anyway, there's this Sheila who turned up uh, to uh, a court in Queensland. She was on a driving charge, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she was driving without a license for the umpteenth time. She also had a syringe in oh. her pocket. She had no known medical condition, so the court concluded it was most likely for illegal drugs. But she decided to turn up to a court appearance where her licence was on the line and a fine and all the rest of it, wearing the active wear shorts and the Nike top, of which the magistrate, and good on the magistrate, said, "Um, you know this is a formal proceeding. Is there any reason you're dressed like this? Oh, I've got other stuff to do. I've got other stuff to do. He should have just come back and said, okay, you know what? We might just skip over the bit where you plead and just assume it's guilty. (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach. I've got a new idea for a reality TV show. Please. State versus state in a new show called My Hospital Rules. <laughs> I have decided after going into a hospital, not for anything horrible, I just had to pass through one, that really if we are in an environment where you're learning things like you have canker or uh, you're going to need a throat operation, 
we should at least be in an environment with a bit of ambience. Correct. Or dare I say, a little bit of privacy. Yeah, the sheet. The, the sheet across. Like oh, this can't is, hear them next to me. Oh, it's magically shush. <laughs> and you know that if you're there visiting one of your rellos, and the do- everyone just gets a little shush going, geez, I wonder what's wrong with her. Of course. Why so much scratching? Exactly. There are so many things that I don't understand about the decor of a hospital. The first thing is I can't work out if the decor choices are because they are the most sterile items you can buy or whether they're just cheap. You know, I don't know whether they've done a study that says this type of plastic means if you sit down with a skin condition, the next person won't pick up that skin condition or whether they've just gone to a bargain basement and gone, you know, it doesn't matter what colour they are, just shove them in. Yeah, they're going to die anyway. Exactly. They don't need to be comfortable. Sure, we'll give them a bed for the last couple of days, but let's be honest, we're 18 months out. (laughs) Yeah, and the less comfortable we make it, the more they'll want to leave. Correct. So they might chuff off a bit earlier. We're out of beds, we don't have a great deal of them, so we don't want you sticking around. Yeah, best way to jog along someone with lung cancer is make it so uncomfortable she's got to go outside for a dart oh two less days in hospital exactly the other thing the kitchens i mean can we get one of the master chef kids to pop in you think about it you start a hospital kitchen yeah. right you've got a captive audience there you're never going to have an empty restaurant yeah, yeah. but also it stinks i don't know what it is about hospital food but it stinks yeah if you ran a restaurant where friends and family were coming to bring takeaway food yeah you would think to yourself i think there's something worrying about the stuff that i'm cooking in the kitchen but what is it about you know the mass-produced food now i get it obviously you can't you know tailor the uh, you know kingsley steak experience <laughs> yeah. to somebody in hospital but it's it, it, at a wedding when when have you ever been to a wedding where the food was great? Yeah. Not just good, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When have you ever been on a plane and the food was not just not yuck, yeah. but great yeah, yeah, or yeah. good, mm. let alone, as you say, a public hospital that, let's be honest, by now should have worked it out. This is it. And the thing I think is, you know what, the only way that we really get results quickly is when we put Scotty Cam in somewhere and we tell people <laughs> they've only got a week to finish something. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. Now, Rach, of course, you are part of Channel 9's stable of stars at the moment. You know, <laughs> don't, don't, don't say that. We, we, we could jinx it. We could jinx well, okay, it. Okay, sorry. All right. Uh, uh, you happen to luckily appear. I don't want to yeah. say that. Okay, all right. It's only a moment before I have my photo up in the hallway next to Peter Overton. Well, I reckon, look, I've had a chat to Pete. He's willing to take his photo down. So, you know, the Sheila from the Today Show and the verdict? That's the one I want in there. This is the kind of guy Peter is. P.S. I'm very proud of you. I love seeing oh, my little buddy uh, watching her on telly, looking just just oh so super confident. Because sometimes I know, you know, what, what the little paddle that's happening underneath the desk. But particularly on the verdict, even when you come and do, you know, uh, uh, my bit of gear, mm. uh, you you just look so in your stride on the verdict. What is it about the verdict? Really? Yeah, you just look you you look like you know what I'm ready to go. Let's fire up. Maybe it's because you know you have a bit of time to think about what you're going to talk about. You mm. know, it's not like they spring the topics on you at the last minute. So you got to you got to. Hey, we give you an hour and a half. <laughs> That's true. That, Learn about tax. <laughs> that when we're looking at the the wide range of things we talk about on the LPM life can often be a little bit too <laughs> less time for the old R Corbett to really wade deep into many waters. Usually, I'm sort of dipping a toe here and there and hoping I can get myself as much as I can. But also that thing when when you know. The other night when you were on with that, Jackie Lambie, obviously, uh, Mark Latham as always, uh, uh, Anthony Mundine. Mm-hmm. Do you sit there and you work out, look, I know if I prod this bear, they're going to bite my head off. But if I prod this bear, it's the low-hanging fruit so no. I can I can get my points up. Like, have you got a strategy? I prod when the moment to prod is necessary. Like when somebody says something batshit crazy and you go, there is no way I cannot pop up and say, what the f- 
are you talking about? You know the thing? I was really surprised. Anthony Mundine was a really nice guy. Look at you. No, Look at you. Honestly, you would have hung shit on him for years on the radio and now. All of this sort of pomp and bravado that, you know, all of that. Yeah, mate, I'm the wit. You know, I just thought, what an arrogant asshole. He was so quiet, so respectful. Before we went to, to air in the break, we were talking about boxing and I, you know, I knew my opinion was I think boxing is a ridiculous sport. I don't know why you want to get in a ring with someone and belt the crap out of them. So I thought, look, they've plonked me right beside Anthony mm. Mundine. I better just say to him, I apologise in advance because if I get thrown a question, I am going to shit all over the sport you so dearly love. <laughs> and he high-fived me. That's good, though. This is great. But I've always thought it about Mundine, is, is, that, is that there's plenty about him that he's said that I'm no fan of at all. Mm. But... There's also a massive idea here, which is he, he knows that you can make just as much money out of people buying tickets to watch you get knocked out yeah. as money to watch you knock someone out. Yeah, Very exactly. clever on all of that. But I've got to bring you up here because you were there last night, I think mm. it was. We're recording this on uh, Thursday afternoon. Mm. Now, this week, though, on the show, social media, the internet... The news.com today, whatever's, have all gone a little cray cray about young Amanda Vanstone because Amanda Vanstone has said of Bindi Irwin, winner of Dancing with the Stars, and I think we can say hot now. Are we allowed to say hot? Is she hot? I think she's hot. Really? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that I would, you know, uh, you know, push people out of the way and, you know, all the, but I'm, she's a track. I think she's quite cute now. I think she's come along. Is she along. old enough? Can, can I say that? No, I think we can say that now. Okay, I think right. It's safe. I think she's come along. I don't know that I've, I've, I've seen evidence of hot yet. Really? I mean, pretty, yes, but I, I don't know. You're a tough marker, doll. <laughs> you are a tough marker. <laughs> I but, am. But okay, so Amanda Vanstone turns around and essentially, you know, says in part, and I'm paraphrasing here, and I know this is what is always part of the problem. But look, she's not the only person whose dad's died. You're not paraphrasing. <laughs> You're quoting. Now, uh, yeah. now, here's the thing: is that the, the the underlying assumption of all of that is that somehow she's milked her father's death mm. to ride celebrity. Mm. Now, I think it's very difficult to say that what was she ten when her father died? Yeah, that a ten year old was able to milk and all the rest of it. Look, the wife and the mum is the person who clearly has loved keeping the car key alive for as long as possible. Yeah. I think it's a little rough to go the daughter, who clearly has no choice in the matter. It's not her decision how she was brought up. Mm. Come on. It was an odd one because she said that her father died when she was really young. So she was like, you know, you get over it. You... So I understand that point, right? But, by the way, can I just say this, though? Mm. Just because the equally terrible thing happened to you does not immune you from being a f- Yes, or absolutely. being an asshole. Absolutely. Like this is always people say, "Well, it happened to me too." Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you know, hey. But I don't think that's why we care about Bindi. No, you know, I think there's a you know we grew up with her, and yeah. yes, her father passed away, and there's a story that resonates with us. But it's not as simple as we pay her attention because her father died. Because of course, bad things to ha- happen to all sorts of people, but there are so many more levels to that story. And you're absolutely right. If anybody needs a little reality checky, it's old Fringy McFringy. <laughs> oh, you look at yeah! Oh, yeah, the, the mum. I thought you. Were, I thought you were leaping into Amanda Vanstone. No, no, I love. Oh, she's she's my new best friend. She's I awesome, isn't she's she? She's really straight up. She is a straight shooter. Mm. I was really surprised. It takes a long time to move sometimes. <laughs> well, no, because she's older. She is, and she's just had a double knee operation. Is that what it is? Because yes. she came into the thing at work here a few weeks ago, and I've gone. Why are you moving so slowly? She's it's not just because she's. You know, we all know she's been a, a bigger lady. Yes. But I'm a you know, bigger fella, so, yeah. you know, oh, hang on, I'm just proving my point, aren't I? <laughs> 
Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. There is an invention that has both changed my life in a good way and ruined my life. Oh, can I guess what it is? I love it when you guess, so please do. The light bulb. Because <laughs> um, it helps you read, yep. but you'd prefer if it was off when love was being made. <laughs> that is an excellent point. And 2.0 prefers reading in the dark and loving with the light on. <laughs> this is why we will never work out. Um, so the invention <laughs> that is really doing my head in is the Dyson Airblade. Really? Now, I've, got a, I've got one of these. You have a Dyson Airblade at home? What, that, that's that's the the fan with no blade, right? No, this is the hand dryer. The one that you oh, stick your no, hands in. No, I was no, about no. to say, okay, you they are paying you too much at Sky. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a Dyson Airblade in your home bathroom. No, the one where you put, and it's like... The, ha- the hand dryer. The hand dryer. Right, okay. The reason, see, I am one of those people that thinks it is an abomination for a public toilet to not have paper towel. I understand your environmental concerns. They don't worry me when I have moist hands, you know? (laughs) Old First World Rachel. This is First World Rachel. You are aware that there are parts of the world that don't even have flushing toilets. Yeah, yeah. That that holes in the ground. Yeah, but I really like very dry hands. Fair enough. (laughs) Take that, Africa. (laughs) So the issue of the paper towel in the bathroom is has been a big, big bugbear of mine for a long time because I'll often go to the toilet paper, then you get bits of toilet paper stuck all over you. It's a nightmare mm. of titanic proportions. And so when the Dyson Airblade came in, all of a sudden my hand-drying problems, gone. Gone. Because you put your hand in that thing 10 seconds and these things are miracle dry. Dare I say, it's like a blade of air. That cuts through the moisture. They're very, very clever in a number of areas, including naming. And P.S. I love the Dyson vacuum cleaner. We got the one that wasn't... We got, like, the biggest one possible, and it's just fantastic. Dyson is the apple of home appliances. And they don't get the credit for it. They do not get the credit. Like, where's where's, where's the... Dyson's coming out with a new thing on the news, and there's surely there's a Dysonophile who has to wait there at the front of the Dyson shop... For, exactly, you know, exactly. For collect the, the whole set. Yeah, exactly. Where's Mr. Dyson in the skivvy out in front of the big PowerPoint Imagine presentation? Imagine that. Honestly. We have decided that this is <laughs> the Suckama Six. <laughs> I like that name. But now when I use a normal hand dryer, uh, all I can think is, I mean, it's like having your hands dried with this. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Rach, I'm feeling mildly serious for a moment here. Uh, this week is uh, White Ribbon Week. Oh, yes. Now, before everyone starts you know, driving off the road going, how are they going to turn gags out of this? <laughs> yep. It's just a simple observation, right? Now, I made this observation on telly last night and people's mouths opened, looking mm. around, what, what? Now, admittedly, I didn't talk about Bindi and so there's been no follow-up in the media today. <laughs> Not that I'm bitter about it, but still. Yep. The thing is, White Ribbon Day, you know, constant conversation, and rightly so, because, look, Anyone who commits domestic violence is the lowest of the low. Mm. But I do believe that there is a significant little sliver of the population that we leave out of this conversation. And it's the blokes who are attacked by women, Mm -hmm. right? Or even the kids who are attacked by mothers or fathers, right? So family violence, Mm -hmm. right? Now, yes, by the huge proportion, it is about women. And Mm -hmm. can I repeat, anyone who does this to somebody they allegedly love is the lowest of the low. But there are blokes, as I say, who get attacked by women and there are kids who get attacked by women. Mm. So what I wish we would do is, instead of just focusing on one part of 
the problem, which is the big part of the problem. It's a little bit like, you know how we've gone off and raised so much money for breast cancer mm-hmm. but do nothing about ovarian cancer? Yeah, we yeah. don't talk about pancreatic cancer. We don't talk about rectal cancer, all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. How do we not just get to a thing where, okay, you know what? Rather than sort of lecturing the extreme majority of men who are respectful to their partners, mm-hmm. let's hone in on any man or woman who attacks the people in their family. And when it comes to cancer, why not just one giant bucket mm-hmm. of which all the researchers go to and say, hey, can I have a little bit for pancreatic cancer? Yes. I know it's not as sexy as boozies, yeah. but can we <laughs> yeah. have a little please? Yes. I just wanted to say it because I know it's, it's the unpopular thing, but also I'm really f***ing sick and tired, and this is particularly after Paris, of hashtags will solve everything. Oh, yeah. Lighting shit up will save everything. No, no. Here's what solves domestic violence. Firstly, an admission that you can't get rid of it. Mm. Because human interaction will always have flaws and awful things that will happen. But when they go before the police, before the courts, they are dealt with in the hardest possible way. Mm. And when we're talking about terrorism, rather than just saying, you know what, we've done our bit because we we lit up the uh, Sydney Opera House in red, white and blue. Let's go after the idea of why those people died, Mm -hmm. why those people got murdered, rather than, let's be honest, the most passionate response that we have in Australia, two blokes in a fluoro jacket up on the Sydney Harbour Bridge. I love when you wear your glasses to the podcast. (laughs) Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. I just want to say that I think the elderly have it easy. Oh, 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 what, with arthritis? (laughs) Or the pension or the opal card? Um, All of the above. Really? Yes. I drove up to a car spot. There was an elderly gentleman getting in the car and look. I am absolutely prepared to give you a little bit of extra time. I understand you don't move as quickly as the rest. How gracious of you. How incredibly gracious of you. Because you know the difference between you and them. What? You dye your grey hair (laughs) and they don't. So I thought I was being very gracious, okay? And did that make the podcast or was it just a giant No, edit? it did. It did make okay. the podcast. So I was waiting for this guy to get to move out of his car and it took him a long time. So I thought I'll just sidle up to the window and I'll wind it down. I'll say, excuse me, are you leaving? Because maybe he was just going to sit in the car because he didn't have anywhere else to sit. He said, yes, I'm leaving. So I pulled back and then I noticed that he was waiting for a woman who was walking down to get into the car in front of him. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I get it. You don't have to squeeze out of a tight spot that way. She'll squeeze out and you'll just drive away. So the lady has gotten into the car in front. She's driven out. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, no worries. Old mate will just drive out right behind her. No, no, no. Old mate just inches forward because he wanted a bit more room in the car space. And then... I sort of thought to myself, well, hang on a second. I've been sitting here for 10 minutes. I've given you nothing but patience. Yeah, yeah. I've understood where you're coming from. I haven't blown up straight away. I've thought to myself, I'm going to say that he's having a hard day today. Mm. Now, here is my issue. If he was 35, 55, 21, I would have wound down my window and said, mate, you're being a yeah. Pull your car back. But there's that moment where you go, oh, oh he's an old guy. Yeah, see, this is the thing. Here's the they truth. They get away with being assholes. Yeah, but here's the truth. Guess what? Assholes get old. Exactly. And it's this idea that somehow, magically, you pass the point of being an asshole. Yeah, and as, you know what? Okay, sure, arthritis and things like that are bad. They're going to happen to us all. But as soon as you have some kind of physical ailment that makes you look frail, your ability to be a is times a million because that frailty in us 
makes us think, oh, God, they've had it so tough, you know? So then they come and say something <laughs> yeah. awful to you, like, you know, whatever it is, mm. and they think, oh, I can't bite back. They, yeah. Look, they're on a Zimmer frame. Yeah, one of the reasons I'm giggling right now is, firstly, I agree. Secondly, Rach is wearing a top that is very Stevie Nicks. It's very loose. It's very 70s. And when she's got her hands in the air making a point, I'm get, do you remember when Lisa Simpson... I am the Lizard Queen! There we go. <laughs> Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Now, Rach, I think we may beg to differ on a matter of culture, and that'd be the great, amazing, wonderful Fleetwood Mac. I saw them when they did an arena show. You saw them in one of those winery things. I love, 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 loved it. You enjoyed? I did. I enjoyed greatly, yes. Okay, but Lindsay Buckingham, lead guitarist. I love, 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 loved it. He was a touch of the douche for me. A douche? Yeah. See, what was different? Because, yes, okay, when he was singing Big Love, phenomenal, Mm -hmm. right? But... Then he'd get on the mic and go, hey, you know, I just want to say thanks to everyone. For, and he'd go for 12 minutes and he'd mm-hmm. go, well, the man's taking a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah. But I never saw douche. Oh, I saw plenty of douche. See, I wondered whether there'd been a bit of a tipple before he came out on stage. Because while the mic work in between was quite, I thought, interesting because they told a lot of stories and I thought that was a kind of cool little element. There was one moment where he was singing, I'm trying to remember what song it was, but he went so slowly. It just seemed like he was trying to milk every second. It's a big it, love because that's amazing. No, no, no. It wasn't big love. It was when he gets out there and the good baby love. That was great. He was really good. But there were just certain moments where, you know, at the end of songs, he'd sort of bow and then stay down there for a really long time and like do the twirling of the arm and then stand up and arms out to the crowd. <laughs> and then he'd start to go, yes, 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 yes. And I'm just thinking... Okay, we love you, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you don't have to let us know that you know so much that we love you. That's you know? true. But also, the bizarre one that I got was that when people sort of can't divorce soap operas from real life. So obviously, Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks were together yeah. for a long time, and they're not. And then the album Rumors was everyone was breaking up, literally in the band. Mm-hmm. Everyone was up, everyone for a while, and then bang, they're turning the other way, and that's one of the great reasons why that album's so amazing. But I had people sitting behind me saying, Give Stevie a kiss! Get back together! But hang on one moment. Did they do the moment after a song they sang together, I can't remember which one it was, where they had a sexual moment? No. So you got the saucy show. I must have got Lindsay on high alert. I got loose loose Lindsay because they sang a song together and then walked over to each other and Mm. then heads pressed together. They've gotten their lips right up close to each other. They're basically Mm. staring into each other's eyes. It was Awkward, But it was awkward because in Lindsay's particular way of being, it just seemed like it was for show. Like he's listened to old mate at the Sydney Entertainment Centre saying, do a bit of the sexy gear and gone, the audience really wants a bit of sexy gear. But can we unite on Mick Fleetwood? I don't think I've ever seen somebody... Love playing a musical instrument. Oh, he was the way amazing. He, when he thumps those skins. Yeah, he is loving. Not just I'm great at it. Yeah, but I love doing this. I also have nothing but respect for a man, a rock star who commits to the hairstyle they had when they were young. <laughs> yeah. You know, it happens a lot in your real glam rock. Your Slash and I, I interviewed Slash one time, and I said to him, "Is this for all rockers?" 
an elaborate ploy? You know, do you all stay the same so that when eventually you go, it's now time to go off the grid and never be photographed again, that you cut the hair off and do the crew cut and then everybody's like, well, that's not Slash because Slash is always in the leather head, you know, and, and the long black hair. You know, that couldn't be him. Yeah. He looked at me and said, Is that what you guys think about? <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Rach, expect a lot of bleeping in this segment, okay? okay? But I would like to teach you way too much about other people's sex lives in about five minutes by playing one YouTube video. I'm hooked. Okay, the YouTube video put together by Wood Rocket, that's the name of the channel. Okay, okay so it's a classy operation, <laughs> yeah. is kinkiest things you've ever done, ask a porn star. Oh, dear. Australia, you're about to learn way too much. It's friends. <laughs> I'm loving this music. Very Fancy. porn. <laughs> the most important thing to remember when viewing kink behavior is that it feels much different than it looks. While you may be Thank seeing you. things that involve, you know, hitting or spanking or name calling or, or things of that nature, understand that for the people doing it, they're experiencing it like a dance. They're experiencing it like Fred and Ginger. I love it when so they try and intellectualize. I get off to doing really hardcore stuff. Oh, wow. I got waterboarded once here. What? And it was really intense, but probably one of, like, my favorite scenes I've this done. Is so this is torture. There's so a cool. sense of gratification what? that For you who? get knowing that you did something, like, really hardcore. Like, That's really not a achievement. Who is that, like, who is into most this? models or most other people wouldn't think to do. I feel like a badass afterwards. You like, shouldn't. I'm well known for farting glitter. It's one of my favorite scenes, oh, okay. and I played up a gassy girl, and it was my birthday, and nobody wanted to come because I fart all the time. And then yes. I called my grandma, and I like farted on her and my what? boyfriend, and I farted on him. <laughs> and then I stuck the little like kazoo's and you know the party favors. This is real. Them out, and then stuck glitter. And then farted that out. Okay. Sound oh, wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Get the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. I have an area of the market that I believe there is demand but no supply. Oh, okay. Uh, is it light blob? <laughs> no, it's not. But you can answer that for every single thing. <laughs> Do you ever get the, and maybe you won't because you're sort of more of a Smith's kind of snacker, but do you ever get the urge for a banana if you're hungry? No. Okay, right. In the world of the sort of... Overly- Other people? Real, r- real people <laughs> who eat real food? Real people. Not just stuff that is, you know, flavoured banana. Exactly. In the real world, uh, quite often I will get, if I'm really hungry, I think to myself, a great way to sort of just tide myself over is with a bit of a banana. What I have come to realise is there are no ready-to-eat-now bananas... In any shops. What, so you're talking about the pre-peeled banana? No, no, no. I'm talking about the ripe banana. Right. I'm talking at your Coles, at your Harris Farm, because they can't have brown bananas because they'll go off straight away, right? So the only place you can find a brown banana is in somewhere like your 7-Eleven that insists on selling fruit and it's always off. But here's the thing. Are are you a fruit snob in that you you must have the yellowest of yellow, oranges of orange? I just want something I'm not going to crack a tooth on when I bite into it. You know, everything is so green because they're arguably going to sit there for a while. They're never ripe enough to just go, I'm going to pop to the fruit. 
fruit shop, grab a banana and hit the road. Okay, so your billion dollar idea is to open up, what, the perfectly aged fruit shop? The ready to ready to eat, like the, exactly. the pre-to-pour yum? Exactly. We're open an hour a year. Okay. Like we're just that, that perfect moment. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to prick a hole in your but balloon. But here's the thing, right? Not... The supermarkets and, and, and fruit shops, they don't sell all their bananas every day, right? And and bananas have to ripen at some point. So what my question is, where do the ripe bananas go? Somewhere there is a ripe banana graveyard. Right, I've got it. Okay, what? You need like an app that is going to collate when the bananas were stocked at this shop and this shop, and you just go, click, click, what is the ripest banana right now? This is it, like an around me style app for where are the ripe bananas around me. We just had a great idea. And we'll let it go. (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Rach, where are you on Charlie Sheen? I think HIV is the least controversial thing he's done. <laughs> I, I don't think him having HIV is that big a problem considering all of the tiger blood and the knives and all of the business that went on a couple of years ago. I agree. But there is this whole thing about whether he did or didn't tell partners at the time that he was HIV positive. If he didn't tell them, disgusting, yeah. disgraceful. But the world learnt about something as a result of the Charlie Sheen thing, that I'll be really honest with you, mm-hmm. as filthy as my mind can be, I had no idea what a lambskin condom was until... I am unaware. Okay, the lambskin condom that was used by Charlie Sheen and a porn star by the name of Brie Olsen, these mm-hmm. were one, the, remember he was living with the two blondes? Yep. This was one of the two blondes. Now, apparently, this particular prophylactic mm. will stop pregnancy but doesn't stop STDs. So his only concern clearly was, well, I don't want you to have a kid, but I don't mind if you end up getting what I've got. But, of course, as night follows day, Rach, sales of lambskin condoms in the United States through the roof. Okay. Through the roof. Here's the thing. I don't understand why. Why do you not want to get somebody pregnant, but you still want to transmit your fluids? This is the whole thing because, oh, they're thinner and they're this and they're this. It sounds to me like, you know, obviously your condoms now are off the conveyor belt style mass production. Are you saying at one point they were handmade? Bespoke? This is what the lambskin condom sounds like. (laughs) To me. It sounds like there's an old guy in one of those leather overalls, you know, in a sort of a blacksmith kind of shop, just skinning lambs and, like, sewing them by hand for Charlie Sheen. You're listening to Paul and Rach. You know that product called Rescue Remedy? Yes, yes. My mum... You know, to, to calm you down on a exactly. plane, right? My mum was always big on these kind of things. I thought they were a bit of bollocks. Anyway, I was chatting to a friend of mine and she was telling me about a, a one that she had that was Australian bushflower essences, emergency essence, right? Why? She's very good, very calming. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this a crack. I have a tendency to often be a little stressed at times. I'm going to give this a go. Anyway, I thought to myself, what? It's just bushflowers. I mean, what's it going to do? It's going to do absolutely nothing. So the first time I sort of gave it a bit of a whirl and it actually calmed me down a lot. I thought, this is really great. And it sort of said, I'm thinking, okay, what's the dosage? Seven drops under the tongue as needed. I'm like, well, I can have that as many times a day as I want. And it's bushflower essence. Absolutely. I'm going to be fine. So I'm dropping this, you know, on on stressful days. I'm just seven drops under the tongue here, there, everywhere. Mm. And I think to myself, I'm just casually reading the bottle one day and I sort of turn it around. I go, oh, I'm looking, oh, angel sword. Okay, crow or whatever, that dog grows of the wild. Force. I'm thinking this all sounds good for me. Grey spider, flower, sundew, waratah, purified water. That's good for everybody. Fine. 33% brandy. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> 
guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. There is a conversation I am absolutely sick and tired of having. Are you copying this left, right and centre? Girl, can you believe it's almost December? Whoa, it's almost Christmas. I mean, where where, <laughs> where did, did the, the year, year go? go? Oh. Every other year went. Oh. 365 <laughs> days in length, 24 hours a day. That's where it went. We've been doing this a long time. We've all been oh. hanging out, letting the years pass. I don't think there has been a single year in my life at November, December where this conversation hasn't become as prolific as, oh, thank God it's hump day. Now this is the hump day equivalent of the end of the year. But also there are so many flow-ons of this time of the year where you get, so are you in town for Christmas? Yes, no. Have you done all your Christmas shopping yet? Are you going away for the Christmas oh, break? It's the same. Like, Can geez. you believe the Christmas decorations are up yet? Jeez, it's hot, isn't it? <laughs> like, yes, 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 yes. Look, I, I, Look, I understand. You yeah. can't walk up to random strangers and say, so how would you stop ISIS? Yeah, exactly. Like, there is a certain social lubricant that is needed. Yeah. But can we do a little better than observing that time has moved at exactly the same speed every year for all time? Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Oh, Rach. Mm. Oh, Rach. The one thing I've been desperate to talk to you about before our little sojourn. Yeah. Apparently research suggesting from the University of Essex that all women are gay or bi. (laughs) I did see this. Now, you're never straight, apparently. This was all done by a proper doctor who's done his surveys and all the rest of it here. But, Rach, you are fervent. Fervent <laughs> when a celebrity comes out and says, "Oh, you know, I've had my day. I have my time with ladies." That mm. it's all about sourcing it up for the fellas. Well, medically, it has now been proven that whether you know it or like it, there is a part of your soul that yearns for a lady. Have we checked whether the only people in his survey were in drama societies? Excellent point. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. Oh, I had a tail between my legs moment the other day. Oh, what's his name? <laughs> guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. I had to just cut it there because that was just funny enough. But uh, the moment was that I uh, I do own a little a tiny investment property, and I mean tiny investment oh, property. Oh, look at you. <laughs> she's on the big Channel 9 bucks now, so she's buying up property like it's the bluke. I had to buy somewhere that was fairly out of town and not in my hometown. Just, I I, I, we'll yeah. get to the thing. Just, can you explain the rules of the block to me? Does everyone get to keep the money they make above the reserve yes, price? Yes. So everyone's a winner. So who is how does how is somebody declared the winner of the block when the average person's getting three hundred grand? It's just the person who got the most. Right. So there's yeah. is there a way to lose it? Uh, if you don't make reserve. Because remember there was a year, and I think what they're probably doing, because there was a year a few years ago where I think the person who won the most got $10,000 or something and everybody yeah, lost, yeah, you know. Yeah. So basically they'd given up three months of their life and they hadn't got. So I think what had happened there was that they might have either correctly priced or overpriced. Right. Whereas now I think they might do a little underpricing yeah, so to ensure that there's TV excitement yeah, at the so, end. So the real estate agent, you know, dare I say, walks into a place that has a direct city view, a brand new bathroom, five star this and that and goes, oh, this is terrible. Exactly. 250 grand at best. That's it. And I think this happens just about everywhere across this great brown land because they love a bit of an underpriced for an overpriced frenzy at the auction. And P.S., what about my beautiful wife? And I do love my beautiful wife. Have I mentioned that I love my beautiful love wife? Yeah, yeah. We were driving the other day in a suburb that clearly we couldn't afford, but mm. she's looked at her house and gone, mm, I reckon, you, let's, let's just see, let's just see. 
which is always the start of this is where I want to live, right? Yeah, yeah. Four million dollars. What? And I've gone. D- d- how has? How do you? What's happened to you? Wow. Four million. I can't ever afford a $4 million house. Did you look at it and think that would be sort of around the price? I'll be honest, I thought two. Like I went, okay, this is going to be like borrow everything in the history of everything. Here's my right arm. You can have it for the next 40 years and we'll just pay bare minimum for five years before eventually we get divorced because of the crippling repayments and we make a little money back. You know, everybody's talking about how there hasn't been a really solid comedy show on TV for a really long time. Just go out there and film real life in the housing. (laughs) market you know like it is so ridiculous now it is funny it's gotten way too out of control but the thing that i so i had a bill you know you've got those horrible things called strata fees and levies and all of that garbage and i am unsure where any of this sort of goes to because you know we don't seem to have any major problems that need massive fixing and i'm sure do you have a lift uh no we don't have a lift okay is there much gardens yeah, a little bit, but not a great deal. No have you pool. Been, yeah, you have, no pool? No. You haven't been relaying concrete or no, anything else? No. And, and let me guess, they, they sting you for a few grand every year. Yep, yep. They, I mean, it is the it's biggest... just for the sinking fund, this, this mysterious sinking fund. I tell you, the only thing that's sinking is my money into your <laughs> fund. That Correct. is what is sinking. So I've gotten this bill, and so I've paid the bill. And then I've gotten an overdue notice that's actually come after I've already paid it because obviously there was that window of time in between when you have when they haven't got the payment yet, so they send out the bill, but you've paid it, so yeah. So I get the second bill. Then I get a third bill, and I see this, and I was like, I have paid this bill, so I write a very, very terse email oh. to the good people at Strata, oh. and I say to them, this is ridiculous. I understand I was a little bit late in paying the first bill, but I've now gotten two overdue notices. I've gotten now I've got another one. The amounts are the same. I've already paid that. And they wrote me a very polite letter back saying, yes, the strata fees are always the same. And if you'll check the bottom of the bill, that one says it's due in February. Ah, <laughs> like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> Have my money. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Time to wrap it up, but before we get to story time, we've got a little, little five-star shout-out. Simple. Give us five stars on iTunes, and we say hello in return. Thank you for listening. And have a little conversation with us, because we always do read your comments out, and we love it when you put a little something magical in there that we can have a little back and forth about. Um, so please, write whatever you'd like, unless it's going to make iTunes shut down your entire account, and then don't do that. Just keep it cleanish. And look, anytime you want to swear, you don't swear, you just say flapjacks. Exactly. And we'll know exactly what you're talking about. Well, no. Quick and a short one from Chris Agar, five star effort. Uh, he says, simply hilarious. Thank you. No, thank Chris, you. thank you. Thank you. Uh, the delightful Elbenio uh, has titled it Better Than Anchorman 2. That wouldn't be hard. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> I, I think we should. I He's, think that's the spirit in which it's given. Yeah. Uh, he says, or she says, love it. Again, put, putting the genders in there, slip the genders in so I don't, uh, otherwise, I'm going to have to say they. Oh, it. <laughs> it. Uh, face- Facebook has 50 different gender pronouns. Really? Who knew that there was, but wow. there's 50. I didn't know that. Can uh, we just stick to he, she? He, she said, loving catching up with these two mad rooters, hilarious comedy and genuine rapport. I like oh, that. Oh, thanks, we, guys. We do like each other. Not to mention the occasional overshare makes you feel like you're part of their dysfunctional little family. In a good way, but seriously, Paulie's obsession with Rachel's feet. What's all that about? <laughs> 
I think uh, obviously you might not have tuned in earlier because, you know, you do refer to my feet a, a lot. But the problem I think sometimes is if you come to the podcast later in the game, you forget that in about a episode reference to somebody two, who, yeah. we talked about somebody who emailed me to ask for a picture <sighs> of my feet. Fair enough. So that is the context for you, Elbenio. Yeah, well, we're not saying, Elbenio, that it's, you know, um, Harry Potter or something where you must know every little detail. <laughs> yeah. But episode one, in chronological order, it'll help. But in thank fact, you. if you give us a five-star shout-out and there's anything that confuses you about the podcast that perhaps you haven't listened back to episode two and we could clear it up, then by all means ask us and we'll give you the answer. Correct. You know? Does our archive go back as far as episode two? Yeah, we go all the way back to number one. Really? Yeah, it keeps them all there in crystal clear iTunes sound. Fabulous. You know, which is a pro- which is problematic because you know, I mean, I assume, well, I hope everything evolves. You know, you hope that this podcast has gotten better and better and better, just like anything else gets better the more that you do it. But it's that sort of on recordness of your yes. earlier days. Yeah. You know? Whereas, you know, generally speaking, radio and God knows there are some radio shows on at the moment that will. Really hope that there is no record of it in a year and a bit's time. That's it. Jeff Adelaide, who I'm assuming is Jeff from Adelaide, says, love listening to you guys each week. Only thing I'd like is an explicit version so we can hear the gold behind the beeps. I know. A lot of people want this. We like to think of it as see-through underwear. Yeah. It's not fooling anyone, yeah. but there's a there's there's at least the, uh, the mystique. We're keeping the mystery there. And finally, Luke2077 says, uh, title, his podcast of the year I appreciate that and he said episode 60 has to be the best so far keep it up I hope you get to 100 oh thank you that's that's setting our bar pretty low I reckon we can do another 30 odd podcast we can get there sure (laughs) based on current times it'll take four and a half years (laughs) what are we doing in episode 60 have we got to you know give us the description because you're very good with the description of course as you know Rachel is uh, all the brains all the brawn behind the podcast (laughs) I turn up for literally the talking bit everything else is Rachel so if you have any compliments about the way it's put together, structured, all the rest of it, it's the uh, the lovely lady. Okay. Uh, That's also known as me helping you, Pat. <laughs> Thanks very much. I appreciate it. So the short version of the description was episode 60, Donald Trump, how to network and what Paulie did to Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it was our best ever. I don't don't need any more than that, but it was the best ever. You're listening to Paul and Rach. All right, now before we are truly done for this week, uh, month or year, I promise, next week, okay? That's what we're hoping for is for next week. Um, But, you know, life does have a way of popping up every now and then. Is Rachel's story time where we take a story from Picture Magazine? The dirty words are replaced by fun words. In this case, this week it should be... I was thinking that and I thought, can we? And then you, I mean, this is simpatico. What can I say? We're connected on the inside. (laughs) All right, we'll do a bit of bindi. Do we say bindi or do we say bindi? Because it'll be, you know, my bindi. Yeah, shoved him a bindi and a bindi. Yeah, Yeah, I think we go with bindi. All right. right. And and by the way, we're not being grubby here. We're just congratulating her on her win of Dancing with the Stars. She did very well. She's very talented. All right, today's story is called Eye Candy. I'm a 33-year-old Thai lady who's married to an older Aussie guy. I think it's an unnecessary detail (laughs) to put in there. I do believe. And what I love most about this story is Rachel's not pre-read it. And she's already shocked at the first line. Please continue. 
Dave and I have enjoyed a kinky sex life together in the two years I've lived in Oz. The good thing is she's got a great grasp of English, it appears. Yeah, she's done well. <laughs> she's done well. Not the only thing, apparently. <laughs> One of the things he likes is watching me flash my boobs or bum at other guys. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dave stepped things up a notch recently when he suggested we spend a naughty weekend in Sydney and get naked on a clothing optional beach. Oh. We drove to one on a warm afternoon and I was pleasantly surprised to see all the wonderful bindies hanging out down there. I was instantly turned on at the thought of being bindied on the beach in front of everyone but waited to see what my man had in mind. Pretty sure it was that. We set up a nice spot on the rocks that was far enough away from the beachgoers but close enough that they could see everything if they wanted to. We'd only been there about five minutes when I had the sudden urge to give Dave a bindi, but he said no. Can I just say I'm beginning to feel awkward yeah. about the choice of code word here? We, we will push on, yes. but... Uh... Yeah, he's never said no to one before, so I bindied his bindies and started binding on his bindi bindi. Within moments, I could feel the eyes of other beachgoers watching my head. Yep, you know what yeah, it's okay, doing. Yeah, okay, that's it. Um... <laughs> You know, it's just that whole record forever thing. Yeah, I know. We should probably just leave that and say see you next week. Bye. You're listening to Paul and Rach.